gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnuminium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, Curly just dives in. Greetings and good morning. Welcome to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert here along with Phil Mullinax. Um, Jamie Bradford is off today. Very sad day. Jamie had to put his dog down. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he's had the dog 16 years. Um, I actually was staying with Jamie on Tuesday night at his house and uh, went back after the event in Charleston to get my suitcase, drive back to Columbia, and the, he was just laying on the floor on a mattress with the dog. And um, got the note earlier today that he'd had to put him down, and uh, <clears throat> kind of knew this day was coming for him. But I hate it for it's heartbroken for Jamie. It's a long time to have your best friend, right? And um, just kind of, kind of sad day today. But we're glad to be here with JC and Morgan. Ran a little long. We pre- Perry, I really appreciate your flexibility coming in. Yeah, um, we, not, we, we'll mourn more later, but want to get right to it because uh, I certainly want to make good use of your time. Thanks, uh, first, yeah. first, first half or second half last week, uh, Rattler, from a quarterback's perspective, uh, started hot and then, you know, second half, six for 24 on a wet field, had some drops. Still didn't think he played all that bad. I mean, I thought he played pretty good. I think some other things affected those numbers. What say you about his performance on uh, on Saturday against the Dogs? Yeah, I mean, he obviously he started hot. I think he was eight of eight at one point, which is crazy. Um, was I was really impressed with his composure, the way that he was able to just he seemed just by watching the game on TV, facial expression seemed to be super um, relaxed, not flustered with the environment. I think the fact that there was a weather element certainly helped within with the environment. I don't know if either one of y'all went to the game, um, but, but yeah, they, they, they look good. Um, I think where, um, you know, his performance didn't necessarily go sideways. He just didn't put up the same numbers was guys. We got to find a way to run the football. Um, when you get in obvious passing downs, I don't care if you're playing, you know, Georgia or you're playing Furman. Um, but, you know, eventually Georgia, you know, is coached by a bunch of great coaches, a bunch of great players. 
you know, when you're, when you're forced to throw the football makes it really obvious on a defense, when you basically can play seven on seven pass defense, defensive line, pin their ears back and go. Um, it makes it, it makes it a challenge as a quarterback. And um, the other thing you call it for what it is, you got a lot of young talent, you know, you got Luke Doty, you know, quarterback out there running routes for you and your, your star receivers out and the playing well, but they're bracketing him and makes it really challenging. Um, so, you know, the six of 24, I think is what you said, um, playing against a good defense with all those things I said and no run game. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't shock me um, by those numbers at all. You said they haven't found a way to run the football. What would you do? Uh, put your, your coaching hat on and tell us how Perry Orth would, uh, would get this thing going. I, I, Initially, I would look at it and say, well, the offensive line from week one to week three has gotten better. There's a chance yeah. it'll solidify. But that, that's really been kind of primarily the pass protection department. Uh, but but how would you – How would you? What, what approach would you take to try to get it going? Man, that's a good question. I think it a lot depends on personnel. Um, just grabbing answers out of a straw, you know, hat here and, and – and giving you my best explanation, I would say try to formation teams to death, which I think Dowell did a phenomenal job. I think his calling in the first half was just spot on with the different variations and formations and motions. You never really knew what was coming. Um, and I'd stick with that, but just be diligent in the run game, right? You, you've uh, a three yard gain at that level is a pretty decent play, right? You know, you'd like to get at least three yards to carry um, when when running the football. You'd like to, you know, preferably you'd like to get over five. But if you're if you're going over three, you know, three, four yards of carry, that's good. Eventually, one of those will break. Uh, the other thing is just by running the football, they have to respect it, which means that they're just, you know, balls hike. They're turning and bailing into coverage. They at least have to honor that sit in the box for a second. And, and then evaluate if there's a run. Um, I think I've said on the show before, you know, I, I like the gap scheme. I like the, the powers and the counters. I like the down, down and around type of uh, type of blocking. I think it provides a lot of uh, gives guys really solid angles. If the, the run is there now, obviously you can, you can do run checks. I know that there are coaches out there that like to do run checks where, you know, if you have a three technique, you know, to the play side, you're running, power if you've got the shade or the low technique to the play side you're running you know zone or outside zone you know into the five and you let your tight end hook that whether it be a seven technique or somebody head up on him get outside now you're 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 screaming for the perimeter um i think the number one thing over scheme is you just got to stay diligent in it i think that we throw the ball so well right now and spencer's playing so well you want even as a play caller you want to see him continue to do that um, but you know, we were, you know, we're up 14, three Georgia gets the ball, goes right down the field and scores, right. Makes it 14, 10. And I think even as a fan watching the game, you kind of go, ah, shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. and we all, we all did, we all did it. And, uh, and so when that happens, it, it even affects you offensively to go, okay, well, we've got to score. What has been working? Well, we've been throwing it. Well, then you, you know, you get a first down, but then you you get four plays and you got a punt. And they go down. I'm pretty sure didn't they go down and score again right after that, or no? 
Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, right back down out, and score. Yeah. Right back down and score. They take the lead, and now you're like, okay, wheels are coming off. We've got, we've got to score. Uh, we don't, we don't have time to just three yards in a cloud of dust and hope. Um, and then that's how you get. I mean, it, I, I've done it as a play caller where you get past happy. And, you get you kind of get out of your your game plan when when in reality you know you're down 17 14 you have the entire game right in front of you right um mm-hmm. so it and it happens right you, you start getting in the oh the oh crap mode and you you lose the plays on your play sheet and you're trying to stir something up in your mind and uh it's a slippery slope from there every play caller anybody that's ever coached whether it's at high school or college or NFL, you, you've experienced that feeling. Did you think, uh, you know, you look at Georgia the last two years and then you think that you look at this year, obviously this is kind of uh, one of those old school South Carolina, Georgia games where it's close and, and, and the game kind of scared the bejesus out of them, um, even though they didn't win. Uh, as a measuring stick for the program overall, what, what did you see Saturday that, shows you that it's heading in the right direction. Uh, assuming you think that, I mean, I would assume you would think that. I, I am that. thinking that I'm super positive about the direction that we're heading in. I mean, we've, you know, it's what I said when I came on here after the North Carolina game, give the coaches time to coach and develop these, this team. We're, we're not bad. We played the number one team in the country on the road. Now Georgia's not what they have been, but the past couple of years, you know, nobody, you know, a handful of teams competed with Georgia. Everybody else got absolutely, you know, blown off the field. Um, we're from a measuring stick. I mean, we're there. We're we're knocking on the door. I mean, we're we're a couple players on the defensive line, a couple skill players away offensively. I mean, from being in a dogfight on the road at number one Georgia. I mean, we're right there, and the players are on the way, which is super positive. You know, South Carolina. I, I, I've tell people all the time i mean i'm i'm a realist I, I try not to wear my garnet goggles i mean south carolina when you're in a complete rebuild which we were when coach beamer took over the program after the covid year it's a six-year job you you have to unless it is a complete disaster you've got to give the you know this staff at least six years because you've got to give them three years to kind of cycle out some of the the kids that were there before your kids to come in and play, but then allow that your kids to be the veterans when more kids come in and you kind of have your, you know, your program established, right. Where what happened with, with the coach Muschamp is that we went here and then plateau and then down, right. We, right now we're kind of, we're not seeing as high of a plateau or as high of a growth curve. I think last year's two wins at the end of the year were great. Um, but we didn't go from here to here and then now we're, we're steadily just continuing to get better. We're continuing to put a better product on the field. I think this game is one of the more pivotal games of the coach Beamer era. I think that we, you know, we lose to North Carolina, probably not in a way, just, we just didn't play super great. Did what we should do against Furman, go to number one, Georgia, and just give them absolute hell. If we can come out and win, 35 to 17, 35, 24, and just be the better football team. That would, that would give a lot of people promise of like, Hey, we really are going in the right direction. Um, Even, you know, even, you know, a late win or whatever the case might be, just 
going out there, winning a game that you should win at home in front of a home crowd at night. That's a great step in the, another step in the right direction for the program. And then you look at the schedule coming up after that, you got Tennessee and Florida. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tennessee is beatable. Clearly Florida beatable, clearly, especially at home. They don't play well on the road. Uh, two of, games are out yeah, there for them. Two, yeah. two through 13. I think really depending on how the year unfolds for Georgia, I'm keeping Georgia at one now. I'm definitely, definitely got Vandy at 14 after losing to UNLV. <laughs> the the yeah. mighty rebels on the road. Uh, two through 13 period, the SEC. I mean, I see if you agree with this, shake them up in a box and pull them out right now. I mean, there, there are a lot of very flawed teams, but a lot of teams with potential. I, I, I would have no idea how to predict how I mean, anything at, turns out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Look at range it from LSU to Missouri. Like if LSU plays Missouri at Missouri, it's a dogfight. Yeah. Based off of what I have seen so far. Um, You know, Kentucky, Alabama, they play in a couple weeks. That will be a great, you know, testament to what you said. I I think that Kentucky will give them hell because, you know, Kentucky's going to take care of the football. They're going to play great defense. They're not scared of anybody. Alabama is just good golly. I don't think we've seen Alabama look like this. I mean, since maybe Saban's first year. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. They look lost in the woods right now. They, yeah. they look completely lost. And, you know, who <laughs> retires after this year? Oh, wait a minute. Phil, what, what happened with the, the fee there? Is it okay? We good? Yeah, we're good, good now. now. What did you say you think he's done after this year? If, if Saban happens to hang it up after this year, which he, for the first time ever, he looks older and more frustrated on the sidelines than I've seen him. I, I saw him on the South Florida game on the broadcast, and I bet he's got – he doesn't look like old old Nick. He looks like old Nick. So so, yeah. so here, here's, here's a stat for you. If he retires, you know, South Carolina doesn't – they play – they return to Alabama to play them again next year. The Gamecocks will have played – Six halves of football against Saban's Tide, the greatest dynasty in the history of college football, and been competitive in five of the six halves and won one of those games. Oh nine was was back and forth. Stephen uh, threw a beautiful pass to Jason Barnes at the end zone. Barnes dropped it, uh, and, and then Mark Ingram got in the the Wildcat did it. And then they won in twenty ten, and then in twenty nineteen, believe it or not, Rico Dowdle was in the end zone, right. Bad call. Otherwise, it would have been a touchdown game at half. So, I thought that was kind of neat. Mississippi State moving from air raid to App State's offense. Uh, final question for you, then we'll let you run because we know we were late today. Your yep. thoughts about that dramatic of a scheme change? And, and will we see Mike Wright, the former Vanderbilt dual-threat quarterback that gave us trouble a few years back, uh, other rather than Will Rogers on Saturday night? I mean, your, your thoughts about that dramatic of a scheme change? Uh, getting rid, getting rid of the air raid, and then, um, you know, will they switch it up a little bit? Because because Will really struggled against LSU. Yeah, that's not he. He's not cut out for that. It's super sad because he is a special talent. Um, hard to. It, it's it's unfortunate to see that air raid go away because it was so special. Obviously, so sad to see, um, what happened with Mike Leach, man. But yeah, I th- running the football gives you a better chance to win the spread and zinging it around is super fun to watch 
hard to win championships when your offense is based on that philosophy. Um, but right now they just don't have the skill guys, in my opinion, to run the offense the way they, they would foresee it to be run. Can they be successful? Yeah. Do I think that they're, you know, a team to, to, to get scared about, you know, as a fan base, not necessarily, can they win if we come out and play bad? Of course. But, um, you know, I like our chances. Um, I like, I think Saturday we'll roll. I think we'll roll in a big way. Um, and I, I don't like it. Um, I like the fun and gun, but like I said, doesn't win you a ton of games. You know, you're going to win seven to eight every year. Go ahead and take it to the bank. Um, but if you want to play for a conference title on that side of the conference, you got to, you've got to be able to run the football and be, be balanced, take control of the game, just like they were with Dan Mullen uh, when he had them number one in the country at one point. So Yeah, I always thought the Dan, the Dan Mullen offense is almost one of the perfect perfect ones to run in this league because it is smash-mouth power run, but also enough spread and creativity uh, to where they led the country in passing in 2020 with Trask and those guys. So uh, that was awesome you mentioned that, Terry. Well, man, we really appreciate you being patient today. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us every week and all. And JB will be back, and he asks a lot better questions than I do. So we're just kind of the morning today. But uh, maybe I'll see you out at the stadium on Saturday, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll see you guys. Take care, Perry. Thanks, Perry. The great Perry Orth, uh, great offensive mind, high school football coach, Cardinal Newman, play caller, likes the fun and gun. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Not the air raid. And there's no. a difference between those two. All right, we're going to hit a break and come back with Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show. Uh, I guess we call it the high energy segment again, right? Yeah, we're uh, back. Right here on uh, Inside the Game Conscious Show, presented by the Barn Doe, built by the Barn Doe Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, uh, and all of our other wonderful sponsors, including uh, Electric Bikes of Charleston, Britons of Columbia. Please go out there and see Perry this game day weekend. Get him. Get you get look right, uh, and uh, also Gamecock Traditions, where you can get online and purchase their very fine Gamecock gear. We'll be back after these messages inside the Gamecocks of the show. Roll it on on a Thursday. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons, and so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Everybody, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Columbia studios now and joining us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up show. Chris, we appreciate you being patient and uh, <laughs> a little flexible here with your time. Sorry, run a little behind, but uh, yeah, I had a, a death in the family with JB's mm. oh dog. Yeah, and it's just... Mm. Uh, had him for 16 years. It's just a it's a tough day. So yeah. Mm. Thoughts well, thoughts and prayers to JB. I mean, I hate to hear that, but uh, JC and Phil, great to see you guys, and I appreciate you having me. And uh, looking forward to a big weekend, man. SEC home opener under the lights, sellout should be a great time. That's it, uh, man. That's it. Uh, and I, you don't want to call it a must win, but for me, it's a it's a need to win. It's a need to need to win this game. <laughs> it's <laughs> a, a need to win. Highly recommended. Highly yeah, recommended. Right. Suggested yeah. to win. Yeah. Football game, Gamecocks. I think five, five and a half point favorites this weekend. Chris, what'd you make of the game at Georgia? I, I have to admit, I, I had some initial disappointment. You know, if you'd have told me before, uh, Carolina's going to go out of there and get a lead, and then they're ultimately going to lose by ten, and I'd be like, well, I bet they battled hard, and I'll be happy with that. I'll take that. But I, I thought the Gamecocks made some mistakes uh, that, that are correctable that probably shouldn't have been made in the second half that ultimately cost them a chance to be in the game right down to the wire. Your thoughts? Yeah, JC and Phil, it's very mixed feelings because admittedly, if you'd have told me before that ball game that South Carolina was going to hold Georgia to 24 points and lose that game by 10, I think a lot of us out there would have said, okay, like Gamecocks made a lot of progress. Like, we'll take that. That's much more competitive than years past and would have been happy with the result. But then when you sit down and you watch how it went and how it played out and South Carolina up 14 to three at halftime, it's, it's much more difficult to, 
to stomach, right, that that result that we saw on Saturday. I, I was surprised in the second half. I thought the Gamecocks could have done more in the sense of keeping the foot on the gas pedal and give credit to Georgia, right? I mean, we all saw the halftime speech from Kirby, and, I mean, they're back-to-back national champions for a reason, and they locked in and sort of, I guess, woke up, you could say. But to your point, J.C., I thought there were some mistakes that South Carolina made that some even self-inflicted wounds and, and again, just just – maybe going somewhat conservative in the second half that surprised me. But all in all, you know, I chose leaving that game to focus on the positive, the fact that South Carolina went out there and went toe-to-toe with Georgia for a half and and I think found something on the offensive line with Big Tree Babalade in the football game. And I, I think there were positives from that game you can take away and things to be encouraged about. But, I mean, when you have the upset right there in your grasp and you lose it, it's it's – you know, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to stomach. But, again, I think perspective is important in reminding folks that, hey, South Carolina, this is a game they lost by 41 last year. They lost it by, I believe, 29 or 27 the year prior. 32 points per game, I think, was the margin of defeat over the last three contests before Saturday. So a 10-point loss, the number one team in all of college football is – it's it's not something to be happy about, but I, I think there is progress made. And now we just need to see that carried over into this game Saturday night. Absolutely. I agree with you there with, with the progress and all that stuff. I mean, and I think, you know, I was just thinking how times have changed uh, in the 90s. I guess Carolina would play a number one team every now and then, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, somebody like that. It was never Georgia back then, but uh, there was never within 10 points either. I mean, it was uh, – And I'll know. say this, JC, to your point, admittedly, you know, I don't know if it's because I've been doing this for a while and I really do try to take the fandom and be objective, you know, when I give picks and predictions and what have you. I I, I never really allowed myself in that first half to get carried away because I expected Georgia to punch back. Like, you know, I, I was it was a matter of I was kind of sitting there waiting on, OK, like when's the other shoe going to drop? So unfortunately, what happened, the way the dogs came out of the second half. That didn't surprise me. I guess what did surprise me was it felt like South Carolina, again, didn't try to throw a haymaker of their own. Like the fact that Georgia ran more trick plays than South Carolina in that football game. The fact that South Carolina, and give credit to Georgia because they're not a mistake-prone football team, but you know you never got that big. I think it would have taken like a big game-changing turnover or a big game-changing play on special teams. Like we all agreed before the game that's what you needed, and you just – you never got that play. And I think if you would have gotten that play, that game could have turned out very differently, but it just never came. So, you know, we asked the question, guys, what's South Carolina going to be defensively if they're not getting it, they're not opportunistic and getting these turnovers if special teams isn't, you know, a major factor like we saw last year. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to mean for the rest of the season, but in that game against Georgia, I think that was the thing that you needed that you were just missing on Saturday. I thought they needed to take more chances on defense in the second half. It seemed like they were like, Okay, guy. Right, well, all right. Well, let, let's kind of just uh, let Georgia do yeah. whatever. Like we, set we, the we, tone. Yeah. And, yeah. we were aggressive in the first half, but now we're just gonna no, don't do anything stupid. Second half, um, uh, on defense and then offense, it, you know, it started raining. It became a pass fest. Whatever. Mississippi State has not lost. Uh, has not won in Columbia in twenty five years. Nineteen ninety eight. I think Phil was 10 years old in 1998, which Phil, <laughs> you're, you're a young, young man. Not quite. Right. <laughs> uh, I actually remember that game because I got up with about a level nine hangover on a Saturday. I was in college and watched <laughs> it with my buddy. It was a noon kickoff. We almost we were going to go, but we stayed out too late the night before. Uh, and so you get, we get up, turn it on, Jefferson Pilot, and uh, they returned the opening kick for a touchdown. <laughs> it was 90 degrees and Brad Scott – decided 
is the day to wear the all-black uniforms for the Gamecocks, right? And uh, they got beat 38 nothing. Mississippi State won the SEC West that year. But they have not won in Columbia since. This is their first in program history night game at Williams-Brice Stadium, Chris. Uh, and it's weird because Carolina and Mississippi State used to play every single year. So it's never been a night game. It's been a night game to start, we'll just not here. Uh, they're kind of in transition from, from what I've noticed. Uh, even though Zach Harnett was on staff last year, different offense, all that. Your thoughts about the Bulldogs uh, and how they do match up with the Gamecocks and, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what the Gamecocks' advantages and what, what Mississippi State's advantages are. Well, yeah, JC, I think to say they're in transition is putting it rather lightly. You know, we had uh, old Stingray Steve on the airwaves yesterday and to say that the uh, the Bulldog faithful are less than thrilled with how things are going. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a tragic situation, and, and I'm too young to remember, but I know a lot of the older Gamecock fans out there can relate with the passing of Joe Morrison and what that did to the program and how it felt like South Carolina – you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to, like, all the NCAA stuff, but it felt like the program was on the up and up, and then you suffer this terrible loss, and, and the rest is history. And I think that's – Mississippi State fans, I mean, they, they feel as if this team this year, if Mike Leach had not passed, could have been a 10-win football team. Like, that's how good they felt about it. You obviously have his passing, and Zach Arnett takes over, and obviously guys got to meet him at SEC Media Days. And, you know, I, I think for the situation, I, I think he's a good fit. I think most down there don't believe he is the long-term answer. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not thrilled with what they're seeing offensively. And I think I, what's surprising is that they really did just rip the Band-Aid off and Kevin Barbe comes in at OC and they have just completely reinvented this thing, right? Relying on Woody Marks and the running game. Their running back was a really, really good player. I think he might be leading the SEC in rushing yards or is, is near the top. But Will Rogers, guys, is just a shell of what we've seen throughout his career. I mean, this is a guy that is probably going to hold every single SEC passing yard record unless they, I guess, wreck the rest of the season for him. But, uh, I mean, again, he, he just looks like a complete shell of himself. And, it's again, it's one thing to transition away from air raid to something else. But, I mean, they have completely gone from passing at every play to – Week two, I think it was, Will Rogers had 17 passing attempts in a game. Like, we have never seen that before. So, uh, you know, Rogers being asked to do a lot of stuff differently. You know, he's never turned his back to a defense. He's never taken snaps under center until this year. I mean, this is going back to his high school days when he ran air raid. So, you know, there's somewhat of a mess, guys, offensively, and, and the transition is one that is really rocky. And then defensively, you know, I love what they have in their front seven. Crummity leads the way at defensive tackle. And their pair of linebackers, guys, Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson are – are two of the best you're going to see in the SEC. Both guys over 100 tackles last year. I mean, they are they are a really, really nice one-two duo at that spot. But the secondary has been a real big issue for them. They lost their top guy last year. Um, and now they sit 277 yards per game is what they are allowing. So, you know, I think it sets up well, JC, to your point. You know, we all want to see the Gamecocks running game get going, and you need some sort of balance. But this should be a great night for Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett, and others to absolutely cook on Saturday night and throw the football down the field. If I'm them, I'm absolutely testing that secondary early and often. And then, I think again, guys, I think defensively, you know, it is about South Carolina being aggressive. You have to stop the run game, right? You can't let Woody Marks get going because if you're able to limit him, I mean, they are so discombobulated right now offensively that I think you can take advantage of that and really put them behind the eight ball. But I think this game, guys, will be one with offense, and it's about Spencer Rattler staying hot. And also, of course, guys, you love the fact that, as you mentioned, J.C., Mississippi State has never experienced Willie B. at night and a sellout SEC home opener. I think williams Bryce will absolutely be rocking and, 
that obviously gives you a uh, you know a, a huge advantage. So you know this is one of your guys, your typical 50-50 games in the SEC, but certainly this is one as we talked about top of the show that the Gamecocks have to have. You simply can't fall to one and three. You know, guys, everybody knows I had South Carolina losing this game in the preseason. Um, but I never had South Carolina at one and three, and I'll just say that. I'm not trying to spoil predictions here, but, uh, you know, I thought South Carolina would come in. This was kind of a sleepy noon game, and, you know, Mississippi State maybe would sneak up on the Gamecocks. I mean, there's no sneaking up, right, 730 under the light. So um, I think as long as you can rely on Spencer Rattler and give him some time to operate and do just enough in the running game, it should be a big night in the passing game. I think our friends over at Prize Picks, the over-under passing yards total on Rattler's like, 272 and a half so they are expecting a big night from him and I I think when you look at their secondary you look at what LSU did right with with Malik neighbors and uh you know when they're starting quarterback it's it should set up well for South Carolina on Saturday night I'm glad you said what you did about the 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 passing game because it's like I think everybody's looking for answers on running you know this week but it's not going to shock me to Mm -hmm. To to not to, to still be kind of questioning what we're doing yeah. in the running game just because no. the advantage here is yeah you could throw this it is, all over this is in my it's opinion exactly Phil this we've seen <laughs> yeah this isn't the week to force the issue I, I think no. it's very you know it's it's very simply laid out how to beat them when you look at statistically and you look back at that LSU film and heck even yesterday when we had Stingray Steve on the show and he said if you want to beat Mississippi State. This is what you do. Get the football out on the perimeters. Throw the football down. Like, he laid it out, right? So, I I think their front seven is pretty stout. And, again, you have to mix in some run, if you will. But I think taking shots down the field. And, guys, I'd feel a lot worse about this game and have more questions offensively had South Carolina lost Juice Wells and had been playing with him. And we didn't really know how this football team was going to respond. But And I don't want to say it's good news, obviously, but – I guess one thing that 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 calms my mind somewhat is that South Carolina, I, they, I feel like they've been playing without Juice Wells all season anyways. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate. I hate it. I wish he was available. But, you know, I think you look to guys like Xavier Leggett. You look at guys like Eddie Lewis, Omega Blake. Hopefully Amarian Brown can go. I'm not holding my breath. But maybe this is the Nicholas Harbor breakout game. Maybe this is the breakout game for the tight ends. Uh, you know, and it'll all come down to, again, guys, the offensive line protecting Rattler, giving him time to operate. Because if they do, if, if Spencer Rattler is able to set his feet in a clean pocket, I don't see any reasons why South Carolina should not have a big night through the year. Yeah, I was like, if they, if they rush for 79 yards Saturday night, but they throw for 450, who gives a crap? Right. Yeah, who gives a crap? 450. <laughs> right. I mean, they, maybe they need, they need a Mike Leach-type stat line, I guess. But yeah. – uh, <laughs> Chris Phelps, Spurs Up Show, joins us every Thursday. I'm on the Spurs Up Show every Tuesday. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, to everybody, uh, Chris will probably release releasing your prediction tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow. Yes, yes, that'll be tomorrow. Um, right. Yeah, guys, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I, admittedly, this is a game I'm nervous about, um, but it's it's. I keep going back with scenarios in my mind. and I, Could it happen? Sure. It's hard for me to fathom and grasp that this team could fall to one and three. And I keep going back to the fact that every time the Gamecocks have their backs against the wall, it seems as if that's when they play their best. So, again, I'm not trying to spoil any predictions here, but, uh, you know, I think Shane Beamer, this football team, this program, and obviously this fan base knows what's at stake. And um, you got to get this one, man. You got to get back to 500, get to two and two. You've already got the night game coming up at Neyland, Florida. Looks a little bit better than maybe we. We thought Mizzou looks really good, right? It's so it's it's going to be a crazy year in the SEC. But I think, guys, this is just one of those swing games you have to have. 
Shake shake up two through thirteen in the SEC in a box. Yeah, pull them out, and that includes Alabama too. If they don't play yeah. any better than they did the other night. All right, Chris, appreciate it, bud. Thank you for being flexible. Have a great show today, and we'll chat with you next week, man. JC, Phil, I appreciate you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Chris. We're going to hit a quick break before the top of the hour because we got one, and then we got another one, right? So, right. I was just going to double at the top if you wanted to. That way, we don't have to just be in and out and have like a two minute segment. It's up to you. You need that's fine with me, man. Yeah. (laughs) If I had to go to the bathroom, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, we got to get break now. Go, go, go. And I just turned my screen off. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, we'll get in the chat box a little bit. Um, is this a culture game? Is this is is this a, a, a culture game to this week? Like, does this kind of stand on that, like, that clutch, you know, because what we've seen from Beamer's teams the past couple of years, and I was thinking about this last night. I was like – you can go out there and and you just need to handle your business, but is that driven from like the inside out in this game? Like back, like a, a back against the wall. Yeah, there. like this is you know, it's like I said, it's not a must win, but you know, you <coughs> your, your season kind of can go one way or the other based on the outcome here this Saturday. Well, look. Here's the thing. South Carolina's a five-point favorite. Okay. They have gotten better up front, mm-hmm. you know, since North Carolina, obviously. There was nowhere to go but up. Uh, they've gotten some answers at some spots. They just took the number one team in the country to the wire, or at least to sort of the, the semi-wire, if you will. Um, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have a lot of good receivers. I mean – they're at home. It's at night. Mississippi State, even against Arizona, Phil could not stop the pass. I mean, Arizona had yeah. th- they, they threw four picks. Arizona did in the game, but I mean, I, I, I yes, absolutely, it's a game South Carolina should win. It's uh, uh you know, and, and it's a situation where before Beamer got here under Muschamp, there would be times the Gamecocks would stub their toe. Uh, you know, when, in these situations. Uh, I'll also say most of the time, though, in this exact situation, they didn't. I mean, I, I'm thinking about 20, 2019 Missouri is a game. If you remember, season started just like lost to North Carolina, beat an in-state FCS, closer than expected in a lot of ways game against the number one team. Then, okay, let's go to Missouri and win. You and I were at a wedding that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't you know, necessarily uh, turn out the way we, we, we always We always <laughs> chuckle about this. But, uh, and uh, a fall wedding, you know, I, I did, did schedule it the fall. And I was like, what the hell are you thinking? This is not a, this is not a person, though, that like one of my friends that just doesn't really care about football. Right. You know? right. This is a guy that, like, okay, if I'm not, if I'm not here, at a certain place watching the Gamecocks, I'm at his house grilling every Saturday. Well, I didn't think it was that big of a game, Missouri. I mean, it's a division opponent. <laughs> Freaking conference. They, they played Charleston Southern two weeks before. Why not that one? Why that one was 72 to 10. <laughs> Nobody gives a flip. And then plus, the way the wedding was like a cattywampus time. Like at six or five, so, so, so and it kicked, the game kicked at four. 
Mike Morgan, ironically, actually is in Columbia, Missouri, calling the game. So I remember sitting at the bars, me, Phil, and the groom at the barn. The groom finally said, I can't believe we scheduled this wedding at this time. I'm like, you're the, I'm the one that told you not to do it. It's your wedding. <laughs> and all of a sudden, so it's us. So how about foreshadowing? Us three sit there, and we look up on the screen, and there's Mike Morgan. Hi, welcome to Columbia, Missouri, Mike Morgan. <laughs> By the way, will join us in the second hour. Uh, and, and what a disappointing ball game that was. So that's was, that's an example under Muschamp where it's gone that way. I think in Bieber's seasons have not – they've been backed, backed up. It's been a situation where they've been backed against the wall a couple of times, and most of the time he comes out on top. Tennessee was one. Their back's against the wall. Uh, you know, I, I think Florida in 2021 was a backs against the wall kind of thing. Um, you know, so they, they usually in this situation come uh, and get it done. Uh, so, I mean, you know, look, man, you, you drop to one and three. You're halfway to 500, six and six with, yeah. you know, a, 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 a two thirds of the season left to go and a bunch of top 25 teams. So, um, you know, and all that. And I'll answer this real quick with Contrail. JC, did you see Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, claiming their top 10 players are asking universities for $5,000 to take unofficial visits to their campus? Um, well, it, when you take an unofficial visit, there's expense involved. Five Gs is a little much, but uh, where are you staying? The Ritz Carlton? Yeah, really. Keeping Juffy Juffle. I'll be at the Ritz Carlton. I'm going to fly uh, everybody out first class. <laughs> they're not from. Anyway, that, that's first and foremost. Number two, Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, anyone from Ohio State, never speak about NIL. Never speak like you're the, 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 the freaking picture of virtue. When it comes to NIL, never, never speak on it. Never. I mean, you know, you look, you talk to some folks around even our parts of the country about Ohio State's NIL program, right? You know, talk to them about it and and see what, what you know. <laughs> look, I, I'm just saying, Gene Smith, that's like having like uh, – Charles Manson, uh, um, you know, give us a lecture on like appropriate mental health treatments for psychopaths. Man, man, come on. I mean, I just, yeah, it was awful. But, uh, you know, but, but, quite, and, and I asked, actually, I asked Bill about official versus unofficial visits, and that's, if it's an official visit, I'm not paying a kid to come in. I'm not paying cash on top of everything else, especially if I'm like one of ten schools and he's milking it. Screw that. But uh, if it's unofficial, I mean, somebody's got to pay for it, right? It's coming out of somebody's pocket. Now, I, now I want to say I want to give a caveat and say I have never personally paid for any kid to come on an unofficial visit anywhere because I don't I don't deal with recruits like directly. You know, but uh, so I've never participated, but I've heard it uh, happen. I mean, how do you think guys make, you know, a guy from that's 
poor from Baltimore, Maryland, visits Texas A&M three times in a year. Or in a summer. What are they paying for that? Somebody. I mean, did you get in the, the 82 Broham and drive to College Station with, with your grandma? No. Did you take a Greyhound? No. You flew first class. Probably on a private jet. So, But yeah, Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD. I mean, you're putting him on NIL panels. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? There, there's a, why do you think James Franklin was freaking out that day when he's like telling Penn State fans, well, I, need, I need, you know, eight figures NIL just to compete in this league. Because <laughs> Ohio State, let, let's just say Ohio State kids, they don't, they don't have to worry about NIL money. So. Yeah, I, I don't think he was scared of Rutgers with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> they took, they China, but China bud, China bud, China bus, China bus. I don't know. All right, we'll be back. The great Mike Morgan, power hour, probably not be as powerful, somber day here. Jamie's out. Uh, he had to put his dog down. And uh, Like I said, I'm thankful that I got to kind of see that dog, his last moments, like before he went to the great beyond, because I did. He's a, always been a great dog. I got to pet him, so I just, a little, I feel good about that. But heartbroken for JB today, man. He's a good friend and a great co-host, and Love that dog to death. But we'll be back after these messages. This is Inside the Game Cops, the show. Roll it on Thursday. Yeah. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Brady settles in the pocket, launches one deep down the field, wide open at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! It's time for Power Hour with Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Looking deep downfield, rolling out, throws it up in the air, and it is caught! Touchdown! Troy Williamson, what a catch! Saturday evening here in Bluegrass Country. Ahead to Buckman, slam! City for Ronaldo Buckman, the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. And to Frederick! Frederick! Lays it in at the buzzer! That's a win! Unbelievable! I don't believe it! Who starred with one? Pull up three. Good if it goes. He got it! He got it! He got it! Carolina wins! Havens gets it high and deep to right. We'll see you at Hoover. This is 
JB says, the golden tones, Mike Morgan is back. The only professional on screen as soon as this video goes off, I'll add. And we appreciate him coming in as well as Brian Spencer, Tom Meadow Medicare, for making it happen twice a week. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Awesome. Oh, great. Uh, not much has changed since, uh, well, the HVAC guy left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. A couple of developments. Uh, they were done. Uh, right. I guess they, they they replaced the coil, you know. And my buddy, um, who uh, who I'm I'm renting this thing from, right? He he was like, um, do you mind not keeping the air on sixty three? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, my power bill's going to be really high. Is he's just a little bit higher is fine. So I was like. Oh, I didn't know it was on 63. Um, and I didn't. I thought it was on 65, but um, <laughs> I still turned it. I turned it back up to about 69. So uh, hopefully. Did you get the bill? No, I didn't get the bill. I, I, you, know, it's, it's one, you pay one price here, and that includes power. So, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, well, that's a good so, thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, not much has changed. Um, yeah, South Carolina, Mississippi State to uh, kick off 7.30 p.m. Uh, on the SEC Network. Mike, I was just talking about, like, the last time the Gamecocks were in this situation and stubbed their toe a bit, like kind of a, a back against the wall. They need to go win it. And you were at the game. You called the game. And me and Phil remember because we were at a freaking wedding that day. Uh, it was South Carolina, Missouri in 2019. Ryan Olinsky threw a 100-yard pick six while we were yeah. just about to go see the uh, father-daughter dance. And uh, a lot of grumbling at the tables that day. But, uh, you know, your thoughts about, like, that game, how it unfolded, and, and your thoughts about how this game, you know, sets up in terms of Carolina – uh, and their season. I I, I, I I never use the term must win because I've seen too much, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this just seems like one that that they got to have to kind of, you know, get things back on track. I mean, you know, the Georgia win or, or – I'm sorry. The Georgia game played well, whatever, a lot to build on. They still lost. And, and you just don't want to go to one and three right now, in my opinion. No, you, you certainly don't. By the way, that game that you mentioned um, in Como – Trying to think who my analyst was on on that game, but you know the that was the end of Polinsky as we knew him in terms of like being the guy, right? I, I don't think he ever really recovered. Uh, if, if memory serves, like, did he ever have another good game? At, no, you know there 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 was still a big belief that that could be the guy, uh, and then that game was not a good performance, wow. and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Well, they see they beat Kentucky the next week by just running it all over them, and Filinski mm-hmm. didn't throw much. The first half against Georgia the next week was they beat that team actually beat Georgia. Uh, he threw a bomb to Brian Edwards and was fifteen for twenty, but then he got hurt the whole second. Was hurt the whole second half. Uh, really didn't play all that great. Had kind of a game against Florida the following week, sort of like the week the day game he had against Missouri. And yeah, you're right. So that was that was tough. I remember um, I had I had the South Carolina Missouri game like two three years in a row, and so it was the year that Muschamp got fired and Bobo was the interim, and uh, it was Hudson Mason and I doing the game. And Hudson's a former Georgia quarterback, and 
um, we go in there and this was, uh, um, uh, now a wide receiver started the game. Luke Doty. Luke Doty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I, it's, I've been talking a lot the last 24 hours. So my brain is, is, uh, you know, JC, you, you can relate. Um, my brain's a little scattered today, but Luke Doty got the start. And, um, I remember asking Mike Bobo what I thought was a fairly innocent question. Like, you know, what, what is the, what is the status of Holinsky? Like, do you think he can never get back into the fold? And he just kind of rolled his eyes and did one of these. <sighs> I, and he gave me one of these. I'm a pretty good evaluator of quarterback talent and Ryan Holinsky's not playing for a reason. And I'll just leave it at that. I was like, Whoa, and he wasn't being rude to us. I mean, Mike was great with his time and answered all the questions that we had, but it was just like, that's when I knew like, okay, we're not going to see this kid again. Like this is, this is pretty much because you got to remember at, at that time, there were still a lot of fans clamoring for Ryan Olinsky. Oh, they were killing Mike Bobo over it. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Kyle, cause Colin Hill started. And I mean, like a lot of people don't even know this, you know, Muschamp's last game was that loss at Ole Miss where it was the game Lane Kiffin threw his clipboard, clipboard. in the air. Yeah. Uh, four NFL players in that secondary too. Four. Wow, yeah. McQuamu, Horn, Jamie Robinson, and Shiloh's – well, was Shiloh Sanders back there by then? Shiloh's going to be in the NFL, so. Is McQuamu still in the league? Oh, yeah, plays for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's still in the Cowboys, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So he, um, he, okay, he's not a corner though. Carolina played him at corner, but he's right. A yeah. I, okay. Well, that's what. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's like 6'4", four, right? Yeah. He's he's yeah. a big safety. But, but he um, didn't have the he didn't have the hips to be an NFL corner. Like there, mm-hmm. that was that was no way. He, he had a game, he had that one game against Jake Fromm where yeah. he made some freaky basketball style interceptions. And, right. And that was it. Uh, but, you know, heading into that week, what a lot of people don't realize is uh, Bobo was going to start Ryan over Colin Hill. If if, he, if he'd go out and take, he's like, all right, well, you know, Colin Hill's obviously struggling because uh, they just were not competitive against Texas A&M the week before. Uh, going on the road at Ole Miss, probably going to be a run-heavy game anyway because Ole Miss going to stop the run. And, and he, you know, tried to get – a lot of people don't understand that, like, Ryan Haliski just does not show up for practice. The, the, you know, if you're a starting quarterback in college football, you, you can't just get a doctor's note or whatever and not show up for football practice. That that's not a good thing. It's not junior high, man. Not so, good. and there there was a lot to that, you know, and and a lot of people, you know, are very empathetic with the Holinskys and and like them as people, and and, and I'm no different. I, I felt they were always really nice, but uh, there was way more to that situation that people let on. And they just torched Mike Bobo about it, torched him and Colin Hill, the uh, the quarterback. So that was um, and Will Muschamp and Will Muschamp. You know, yeah. So. I mean, it was a it, it was, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, you know, the thing about that, and we get this all the time in any sport. Um, and JC, I know you get it on the Big Spur all the time. I'm not saying that the coaches are always a hundred percent right. I'm not saying that they owe that they never have a blind spot, but when it comes to personnel, particularly in a position like quarterback, if I'm gonna sit here and tell everybody that I know better who should start and who should play, then I better be damn sure I know what I'm talking about. 
Because I'll second-guess strategy within the game. I'll second-guess game plans. I mean, that's that's part of it. But I've been to enough practices to know when fans think they know who should be playing versus who's actually playing, you're usually wrong. The coaches usually have a pretty good handle on that. Now, like I said, there are exceptions. They they're Occasionally they do have a blind spot. Occasionally they – Maybe they're almost too close to it that they can't see it. Or sometimes maybe they have a favorite that they just don't want to bench in favor of another guy who might be. But for the most part, when the coaching staff tells you this is the best guy right now because we see him every day in practice, usually they're right, regardless of the sport. Yeah. Regardless I'm, I'm with sport. you. Sometimes maybe not. Sometimes I mean, quarterback, sometimes the backup will get in there. and I should have played him all along, but – I, you know, I also think sometimes coaches are con- are very conservative with that, you know, not mm-hmm. that, you know, because they, they, they're almost afraid of a guy going out there and making or failing and making mistakes and all that good stuff. But, yeah, you're right. And, and one thing is they used to have open practices everywhere. So, yeah. you know, if you, if, you, if you knew the game, you could go kind of figure it out yourself. But now it's like it's like the Supermax, you know, you can't get in any practices anywhere. And so – uh, I definitely get it. But, well, um, the other thing we we never know about this. This is definitely more important in football than the other sports. There could be a guy who is the better, true player, mm-hmm. but he's sitting because he he doesn't have a handle on the playbook. And if you're a coach, you just have no time or patience for that. You just have no no time for because then if he goes out there and you're creating a bunch of penalties, and you look like you are disorganized, that's a good way for a coach to get fired, right? I mean, that's if, if you just look like you have no idea where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, who you're supposed to throw to, who you're supposed to block, if, if you don't know those things and you're out there ahead of the other guy, then it's a bad reflection on coaching. So sometimes a co- coach doesn't always go with the better athlete there are other things other than just running and jumping. and There's other things that go into playing the game. So that's the other the X factor that we don't know. Because like you said, JC, we can't go to practice every day. You, know, you don't get that kind of access. Um, and I, I usually, when I'm doing a game, you know, I get to go to walkthrough on Friday, but I, you're not picking up much from that. You know, it's just a bunch of guys going out there or shoot around in basketball day of the game. Like I'll go there and I'll watch him shoot Frank. I mean, Frank would shoot. He'd have shoot arounds over two hours in February. Kids are just like worn out. Um, And some guys, some coaches just put on a blast of stereo. And, you know, while they're while they're playing little Wayne guys are just, you know, getting up their shots and going through layup lines. And it's just something to, keep the blood flowing instead of sitting around a hotel for eight hours. Everybody's different in that regard, but you don't learn too much about personnel watching that either. Yeah. Our Frank, Frank went to full practices, you know, Frank was, <laughs> Frank was just, and there was no let up in Frank. I mean, there was no let up. I mean, I, I got so used to it, but I, every now and then I'd work with a producer and an analyst who'd never been to a Frank Martin practice. And they wow. would, and they would hear it, and they'd be like, "Damn, Mike, is it always like this?" I said, "Shoot, this is you're catching him on a good day. This is nothing. <laughs> this is he's in a good mood right now. 
this is nothing compared to what it can be. I've seen it when they've lost three in a row. I've seen it when guys don't know what the hell they're doing. And that's when you really know. That's when you really know. That is uh, crazy. Mike Morgan joining us with the Power Hour here. If you're just tuning in, JB is out today. Uh, sad condolences to the passing of his dog. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. You and I are dog lovers, right? Oh, God. Um, you won't find two dogs. Yeah. Lovers. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I had Kramer for most of my time back in Columbia. That dog was with me for nearly 15 years uh, before he passed away here in Atlanta. Uh, he was a mutt. He was a rescue. And when I first got him, I, my my old house back near Irmo, um, every everything was on one floor, and then I had what's called a frog, a finished room over garage that I would hardly ever use. And I got this dog, and every time Kramer would I'd, I'd let him out in my yard, I, I noticed he he never did number two. And I'm like, man, I might have the first ever dog that just never does number two. That 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 could kind of be a convenience, you know, it's a lot less cleanup and, uh, you know, this, this could be great. I need to call 60 minutes or something. So then after about three weeks, I was like, this can't be right. He's, he's not doing anything. And I went, finally, I'm looking all over the house. I see nothing. I go upstairs in the frog. Oh no. And it is pile city. Oh my gosh! Here's my it poop is, room. It, it, <laughs> I mean, there landmines everywhere. Landmines <laughs> everywhere. So I am, I am just like beside myself, and I'm like, I go downstairs, like, damn it, Kramer, and uh, and I'm yelling at him, and he's very sensitive dog, so he's looking at me yelling, and he's like, Dad, you know why the hostility? And I'm like, just get get out on the Get out on the deck while I clean 37 piles of excrement. 37. <laughs> out of the room. Uh, and by the way, it was carpeted, too. So that made it even oh, more yeah, fun in the cleanup process. Yeah, I couldn't have, couldn't have hardwood floors up there. So when I, when I yell at them, when I, I, I say, get out. And my house had a little bit of an overhang, just like, like three or four inches, where if, he, if it started raining, you could stay under that overhang and stay dry. It started pouring rain and Kramer knew about the overhang, but he, he was so distraught and felt so bad. He intentionally moved up a few inches to get be pelted by the raindrops <laughs> just to, just to complete the look of despair. Yes. <laughs> you and, I look, and I look through the window and I could tell this dog had been um, abused. He was, if you went to pet him and, um, I knew oh, no. he'd been broken down and, and here I am yelling at him. And so he intentionally walks out where he's getting nailed by the raindrops left. And he's got the most sad look on his face. And I look through the window and I'm a single guy at the time. I'm living by my own. I'm working, I'm traveling and I'm putting this guy, this dog, I'm taking care of this dog on my own. Thank goodness for the great dog sitters of, of the capital city to help me out. And I said, I said, Mike, you, you got to see this through like this dog he needs a good life. He's had a rough time. He didn't know any better. Let, let's make this work. And I let him in and he licked me. And from that point on for the next 14 plus years, he was the best dog I ever had. Uh, 
And I won't go through the story of when he passed away and I had to do what Jamie just did. Uh, I am not a crier. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve that way, but man, I bawled like it was old yeller. And, uh, it was one of the worst moments of my life, but then I, but I also just remember all the good times. And now I have Baxter. I took a year of mourning. Uh, those of us who have lost a dog, you probably need a little time with without another dog. And then eventually, if you're a dog lover, you're going to get another dog. And now I have Baxter. JC, you've met Baxter, and, and he's also the best dog I've ever had. <laughs> Very fortunate, but yeah, the, the, I, I've the dog Bax. lover. Yeah, I, got, I used to keep Bax when I lived in Atlanta, and he's... Uh... yeah. Great dog, man. I, hey, we went. I took Bax to the beach with Nat that right. one time. It was right. Bax, Red, me. We all piled in the BMW and uh, with lounge chairs there. They drove from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach, which is a terrible drive, by yeah, the way. Because you get to fun. Columbia and you think you're almost there. Oh, no, hell no, you're not. No way. Yeah, ah, you pass, uh, you know, you pass all the south of the border signs. You get off 95. You think you're almost there. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> no not even close. And, well, uh, I didn't mean to get all emotional on that uh, story. Uh, well, it's a sad day because we, we have to. It, we it have is. To get it is. It's, it's relevant because it's 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 what it's why Jamie's not here, and I guarantee you there are thousands of people that listen to this that are dog lovers as well, oh, and they're yeah. probably like, "Damn, I know what you guys, uh, I know what you're talking about." To go back to your original question, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I well, no, know. I was going to say I'll download the Chief Sports app because I think. One of our new sections, as we continue to expand it, is going to be upload a picture of your dog. Oh, I like it. Oh, yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fantastic idea. But uh, Michael likes cats. I don't think we're going to do an upload a picture of your cat. No. I. I'm we could a- do upload a picture of your uh, whatever the, the whiskey sponsor title is, and uh, I, I think we'd probably get booted off the platform. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Somebody do it to try to win a hat too. They go, like, all right, I'm just I'm gonna win that hat. All right, man. <laughs> I'm gonna win the hat. Go cucks. All right, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the uh the, the game uh itself. I couldn't agree more. It's 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 big on a number of levels. I, I I thought that the season in a lot of ways really starts with this game. You know, the the Tar Heel game obviously was big, and it would have been a bonus to win it. But th- this is conference and the Georgia game. I don't know many people that are going to beat Georgia between the hedges this year. Um, but this was the game that really was going to kick off a string of five consecutive what I would call swing games, and how you do in those swing games are going to dictate what this season looks like. Are you going to go three and two? Are you going to go two and three? Uh, It doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is. And Mississippi State comes in kind of reeling a little bit, but they lost to what I believe top to bottom is the best team in the SEC and LSU. Uh, I realize they have a loss. That's still my pick to win the league. And they just got, they got smoked by a better team. Uh, Zach Arnett, somebody I've always had respect for, as you know, JC, as a defensive coordinator, and he'll certainly be looking for a bounce back game for his defense against a less lethal offense in Carolina. Um, but their problem is what the talk over there in Mississippi is. And I don't know if you guys had anybody on from the great city of Starkville, 20 minutes from the outstanding golden triangle airport. Uh, their problem's been on offense. 
they cannot they cannot figure out who they are right now. You've got this guy, Will Rogers, who's been part of an air raid offense that he was going to break every SEC record imaginable. And then the unfortunate, tragic death of Mike Leach. Zach Arnett, not surprised he got the job, and I think it was the right call. But then he had to make a call. Am I going to continue with that offense? Because you could have, I mean, there's no replacing Mike Leach, but you could have still ran some formula of that offense. Well, yeah. he's, done one, he's done a 180. There's nothing. He's like most defensive coaches, guys. He wants complimentary football. So he doesn't want an offense that goes out there and puts together three and outs. And if they do score a touchdown, they do it in like 67 seconds. Because guess what? That means my defense is on the field a ton. So he doesn't want that. He wants a more ball control, more grind some clock, uh, you know, more running on first and second down. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. Uh, it, just, it just has not worked through the early part of the season. So do they get it right this week against a Gamecock defense, or does the Gamecock defense take advantage of them while they're a little bit down and they dominate that, that side of the football that's been struggling? They have talent. Will Rogers, I mentioned. Jaquavius Marks feels like he's been there 12 years. Quality running back. They've got athletes at wide receiver. Not so sure about their offensive line. Um, big. But, they're big. They're big. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. Well, they know I don't remember a year at Mississippi State wasn't like enormous on both Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we talked about this on the uh, J.C. and Morgan, uh, which will be available later today. But uh, I remember Mississippi State going back to uh, uh, Coach Rogers and Jolie Dunn and, and all those. And it was it was, man, oh, man, they got the biggest offensive line in the SEC. Well, they were never the best. They were the fattest. But they were, they were the best offensive line in the SEC. If if the biggest was the best, then Alabama would be getting 12 yards a carry. They got three guys at 350. But they they got dominated against Texas, and they haven't been able to be formidable on the line. We'll see how they do against Ole Miss. Uh, but I, I think this is a great chance for the Gamecock defense to flex a little muscle and, and impose its will on a bulldog offense that, again, has been struggling and is trying to find an, an identity right now. Game switch, Mike, from such a drastic – since it's such a drastic change can be effectively completed in one year, even in the portal era, or is this something that you've got to not completely wipe the roster clean and get new guys in here, but – you may not necessarily have the right type of guy. In here. That's right. I mean, I'm sure that's what he would tell you too, Phil. Is that look when when I get when I get the people in here that I recruit, this is all going to look different. But right now, it it doesn't. Right now, it's it's just been a every drive is a grind, and Will Rogers clearly doesn't feel comfortable in the offense. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that all of a sudden the light bulb can't go on. I mean, we're only we're this is only week four, so. It, it, crazier things have happened than a Mississippi State offense that struggled but clearly has talent. Like this is not a situation where an offense has struggled and they don't they don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback spot. They got a guy that's going to throw for over ten thousand yards in the SEC. He can he can play, and Marks is a good running back. They could figure it out Saturday. If you're a Gamecock fan, you hope they don't, but it could happen. Um, but I think Zach Arnett is telling a, a restless fan base, look, 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 I know what you're used to. We're not doing air raid. 
trust me, this will work. You just, I just need more time to get my guys in, in, uh, in recruiting in the portal. And then all of a sudden we'll be fine. Mute button, JC. Hold on. Let's see. Yes. Help you out there, JC. I think that's on his end. Yeah. It's on his end. Did I mute myself? I apologize. Welcome back to the show. Hold on. I I just, I I moved my arm and jerked my headphone jack out. So y'all say something for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Technical resolution on the fly. Hey, look, there's a look at the apartment. (laughs) Beautiful looking, uh, what's that little sofa Ottoman combo? That's, that's not. Oh, I didn't mean for you to see that. That's, uh, sorry. I was just upholstery there. There, There's nothing incriminating in that, in that shot. Thank goodness. No, that's a good thing. Yeah. We were safe. I think we were all picture of five points back behind me here. And I got Lou Holtz is on the wall somewhere back there. Anyway, it's, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to rent this place, uh, I can, I can, I can, uh, yeah, stay where the show originated in in Columbia, Airbnb. I could definitely hook you up with that. Uh, My friend, Jason, it's, uh, he books it quite frequently for game weekends, special weekends. Everybody's got a reason to come to Columbia sometimes. So if you're interested, let me know. I'll send you that number, uh, the Verbo number or whatever, and you can get it booked right Sweet. here. I'll be at a lake house next week, by the way, uh, out on Lake Murray for the Thursday oh, yeah. and Friday show. And nice. definitely we'll give you the Airbnb uh, Verbo number for that because that, uh, that, that guy's got probably more availability than this one. So uh, very nice. Uh, we got to hit a break. We do. Let's hit one here. See, I'm not used to running. I haven't run point in such a long time. Like it's either now Mike or Jamie. Right? Can I lend a helping hand? You want me? You want me to? You want me to nah, I, I may as well finish it out, dude. I mean, it's eighteen nothing in the bottom of the ninth, seventh. Why? Why? why we're not going to waste our bullpen on this this crap. We're not burning any arms. So. Anyway. Well, if it's any consolation, JC, you're 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 in as good a form taking the point now as we were when we were doing it on our own, man. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. I, so. I, I love that I've been uh, I've been delivered back into mediocrity. <laughs> All right. So anyway. <laughs> Don't forget just, we got the Fab Five Challenge coming up at some point as well. Don't forget, yeah. All right, so we got that. Mm-hmm. So Pip on the blip. Five and zero last week too. I just I, I, Mike I did go. Yeah, very good. All right. Pip on a blip. Eighty nine says cats are garbage. <laughs> Doggos <laughs> are the best. Anyway, okay, so we're gonna take a break and come back and do the. We'll do the the Fab Five challenge, right, Bill? Is that cool? Can we get that? Yeah, we can do it. I, 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 I don't even know. This is a surprise Fab Five for all of us. But uh, well, we get I, dropped, I dropped the ball and I didn't text you guys earlier. And then the news of Jamie's dog. And I was like, I can't just sit well, there and say, hey, Jamie, who's going to cover the two and a half Florida State hey, Clemson? Sorry about your dog. Yeah, it, well, it's going to be just as fun to wing it, right? Come on. Let's get yeah, some. Yeah, no, I like it. I like so this a little, little agenda, you know, just a, a little agenda. I mean, I mean no, just a little different there. Yeah, you know. I, I kind of reminded myself of Joe Rogan there. What's his What's his uh, pi, uh, producer's name? Jamie. Jamie, put this thing. Jamie, put this thing. Oh, really? Blah, 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 blah. Jamie, pull this up. Phil, pull up the Fab Five. Pull up the Fab Five. Yeah. Pull up the Fab Five. All right, finally, we'll be, back, we'll be back after these messages on Inside the Game Custom Show. Down here in the South. 
We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Hey, everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arenas again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 wow 
That's the first time I've heard the Salsaritas commercial. And Everybody I, hungry now? I, I had all kinds of emotions like in my head. And then I thought the last time we played it, or, or we talked about Salsaritas, we were, I was in Chicago. And so I ordered that day tacos, and it was dog dew. Yeah. I mean, they were just awful. Like this place called Laredo Taco Company. I trusted it for some reason. And, and so I'm sitting there today, and I'm like, oh, just don't order Laredo tacos. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually in Colombia. <laughs> I could just go to Salsaritas. Go to Salsaritas. Say hello to Suki. You got the two locations. <laughs> you got Lexington. Uh, and you've got Columbia and, um, and we've got a, apparently we've, we've hired a mariachi band to, to, I, love I think last week I, I accidentally said Mariucci band. I, that's how, that's when you know it's football Steve. season. When you, when you combine, when you combine the music of the Fiesta pack with the, uh, former Cal and 49ers head football coach, Steve Mariucci, that's the what Mar- you get. The Mariucci so, band. Mar- uh, they call the, the basketball tournament March Madden, or March Madden. Madden, because you, if you're the football head, and you, I don't know, I, I was going someplace with that, but let's just, let's just do the fat ball. Let's do the fat. We could, but we could all use a Fiesta pack right now. That's the only thing about that commercial. And you folks that are watching on YouTube, you can see the visual of the Fiesta pack. <laughs> and yes, it looks just as good as it sounds, and it tastes just as good as it looks. It's uh. The Fiesta Pack we're going to give away. Well, by the way, last week, congratulations to oh, winner. We are winner. He went four and one. Trenton Alexander, good job, buddy. He's already been in touch with Suki of Salsaritas. He's got a Fiesta Pack. It's like a fifty-five to sixty-dollar value. Feeds five to six people. He's going to the game, so he's going to pick it up and bring it. You get a box that's ready to go, packed with tortillas, meats, toppings, chips, signature salsas, guacamole, queso. Uh, they've also got the three Amigo bundles for tailgating. And when they, when you do a big tailgate, they'll come over. They'll set it up for you. You'll be good to go. Again, you can only do sandwiches so many times. I love wings more than anybody on the planet, but I don't want to do that every time I tailgate. Uh, so go ahead and call the catering hotline for Suki and Salsaritas, 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. All right, so last week... I know Phil's got the updated records. Uh, JC went five and zero week one. I I just couldn't I could not stand him having the only five and zero of the uh, of our quartet here. So I went five and zero. So that leaves us where Phil? Do we have the updated graphic? Uh, you're on mute now. Let's unmute Phil. Phil, unmute yourself, buddy. Phil. Phil. Producer Phil, uh, Phil does not Phil. know he's muted. You need to unmute yourself, Phil. Unmute. <laughs> unmute, Phil. There we yeah. go. You, you just had yourself muted. Go ahead. And... That's all right. I'm the rookie here. I mean, you know, listen. <laughs> One penalty, you know, that's not that. I'm all right. <laughs> no, I don't know what you said, but do we have updated records or not? I do not have an updated graphic for, uh, for okay. this right now. Well, I will tell so, you no, this. I, I'm 10 and 5. my efforts elsewhere. <laughs> I, uh, I know I, you're you're I, ten and five. No, I do. I, I have the numbers here, which is interesting. Here, you're ten and five. JB's ten and five. JC is nine and six, and I'm how seven and eight. You're seven and eight. Now, oh, yeah, I'm bringing up the rear in this. I'm it's how like, how did I go, fall from grace so quickly? <laughs> you had you only you've had two weeks with two wins. It's been Ooh. ugly. 
back to back, back to back losing weeks for sure. Nation. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you wait, Mike. I'm going to slaughter Bada Bing. I'm going to burn it to the ground. Burn it. <laughs> hey, hey to, to quote Polly Walnuts, don't disrespect the Bing. Don't disrespect, <laughs> don't disrespect the Bing. Don't disrespect don't the Bing. The bing. It kind of looks like a, like a fun place to work, you know. Uh, it is, but you don't mess around with it. You know, ask Ralph Barreto. Uh, yeah. His head is still in a bowling bag in the bottom of a creek. All right. So the Fat Five Challenge, we got. I, we don't shy away from the big games. Game number one, gentlemen, in uh, Death Valley, Florida State at Clemson. Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I've already said that. I mean, this is kind of a referendum on who is going to emerge as the preeminent program in that conference. If Florida State wins this one off the road, People are going to start looking at Clemson in a different light. They've kind of run roughshod over that conference for a while now. So it's it's not just a game for this season in a lot of ways, I think. Uh, Seminoles minus two and a half. I'm taking Florida State on this. I think it's going to be a great game. But I, I just think Florida State's defense is going to cause some problems. And I, I think that uh, that Clemson offense has already seemed a little bit out of sync. And I think when you're trying to block Jared Burse, and when you've got speedy linebackers that Florida State has, there's going to be some problems here. I'll take the Seminoles by a field goal. Look, man, I, I like Florida State's defensive line. I like them to give Clemson credit. I, th- I think one thing nobody's talking about is Clemson's defense. Jordan Travis, uh, Keon Coleman, all the weapons FSU has versus a talented Clemson Defense, 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 defense. But uh, I, I think it'll probably be a lower scoring type of ball game. Um, but I think uh, Florida State will, will probably go in and win and, and cover the two and a half. It'll probably be a, anywhere from a, a field goal to 13 point win. Phil. Yeah, I agree. I'm going Florida State here as well. I know it's at Clemson, but, you know, and and their vaunted defense, even Phil Steele was calling it the best front, the best defensive line going into the season. It just has not manifested as of that yet (laughs) right now. So I don't know. And I'm not necessarily believing in Klubnik, so we'll see. Unanimous on that one. All right, A&M, seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Auburn. JC, you lead away. I'm going Auburn to cover. Uh, I think A&M will win, and it's because of the point five. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm right sound. there with you. I, I'm right yeah. there with you. I have no feel on Auburn, guys. I, I really don't. I think they've gotten better quarterback play than I expected. They're basically doing a two-quarterback uh, system. I, I, I think Hugh Freeze is a hell of an offensive mind. But I don't, I don't really know what Auburn is right now. But I sure as heck don't know what A and M is either. So with that high a number, uh, I will take Auburn. And boy, if you're Jimbo Fisher, do whatever you have to do to win this game, brother, because it is going to be a long, long week if you lose this one at home. Uh, it that all of a sudden will dominate SEC headlines, if not national headlines, because people just are obsessed with that number, that contract number has made this a focal point for a lot of people that cover the sport. Because A&M, in a lot of ways, doesn't deserve that much attention. <laughs> but it's the, it's the number of that contract that, and the buyout that people just cannot get over 
and they're obsessed with it. And if they lose this game at home after the, the debacle at Miami, you're going to see it reach, I think, uh, a fever pitch. So I will go with Auburn to cover. A&M could still win it, to J.C.'s point, but I'll take the seven and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm of the same mind. Yep, Auburn seven and a half. Although I think, I think they got, I think they got a legitimate shot of winning. My biggest bold prediction heading into the season was that Auburn would finish third in the West, and this game will go a long way to doing that. Okay, game number three, Alabama is a seven point favorite against Ole Miss Lane Kiffin back in town. Pete Golding, back in town. Um, this game is intriguing in a lot of ways. It's a 3.30 CBS game. Mad Dog, you lead us off. Ah, I, I, I think you throw last week out if you're Alabama. And I think you find a few answers here heading into this game. I like Alabama to win, uh, and I like him to cover. JC. Ole Miss covers. They, I, but I, Alabama will win, but I think it'll be like a three point, three point last minute field goal. Escape. Greatest uh, Houdini, the great escape. <laughs> I, I am really surprised this number is where it is. Um, this goes to show you that national reporters don't make the point spread; the people in Vegas do. Uh, because everything, the, the whole talk this week is about what's going on with Bama, what's wrong with Alabama. Uh, but the people in Vegas know something, and I think. I, I, I like what they know, and that is Bama's still extremely talented. Milrow will be back at quarterback. This is not going to be the tryout you saw in Tampa. I don't think Ole Miss is ready for this, quite honestly. I don't think they're ready for what what Nick Saban is cooking. I'll take Bama minus the seven as well. Uh, game number four, Ohio State minus three against Notre Dame. JC. I'm going to pick the University of Notre Dame. Is this just a fiance pick, or you truly believe Notre Dame at home wins this game? No, I truly believe they're better than Ohio State this year. They're they're the more physical team, and I think, look, when you've lost to Michigan two years in a row, and, and you know Michigan doesn't have half the athleticism across the board and speed that Ohio State does, and you've lost because you're soft, then you're soft in my book until proven mm-hmm. otherwise. Uh, and I, and I, I just think, I, I, I just watching watching every game this year, of, and, and watching a good bit of Ohio State too. Ohio State to me, Mike, seems a little bit not as good as I thought, and Notre Dame is better than I thought. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Irish. Go with the Irish. All right, uh, Phil, Mad Dog. Um, taking the same, I think Notre Dame is a better team this year. They've kind of surprised me in the way they've performed in the first three weeks. I know it's still early, but I like them to win at home against uh, Ohio State. All right, so I'm on the island on that one. Okay, you know the fifth one? I always go a little bit outside the box. It's something specific on the Gamecock game. Over, under, I I teased this a little bit on yesterday's show. Over, under, the longest run from scrimmage. For the Gamecocks in this game, 16 and a half. JC. I'm going to go with under again. I, I just I hate to say it. I, I think they'll bust a little one up, maybe a, a, an 11-yard 11 11 yard one. 
Mad Dog. I'm sticking with the over, uh, and my initial thought yesterday was over, so I'm going to go with that. But uh, I think it happens from somebody who is not a running back. Oh, well, maybe a little jet sweep action. Ah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Hit the edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Phil, mm-hmm. stop crawling inside my head, sir. Because, <laughs> no, I, I, I was just thinking about it. I was like, the running backs aren't going to go that far, you idiot. But what if uh, – Amari Brown or somebody on a reverse. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I could, yeah. I saw Russell action running through there, a little speedster, you know, get him out there and go. De- mm-hmm. De- Debo Samuel ain't walking through that door. Um, no, I'll <laughs> I'll take I'll take the under. Uh, I I do think they'll run the ball better. Uh, just because the, they don't break a big one doesn't mean they can't be effective on the on the ground. Uh, by the way, for those that don't know why I picked 16 and a half, the longest run from scrimmage this year for Carolina is 16 yards. So we'll see if they can actually get past that threshold. All right, that is the five. Those of you that want to play, I don't because of Jamie's situation on it, we have a, a something on the app specifically for Salsaritas, but that might not be the best way to go in this case for obvious reasons. So uh, if you want to email your entry for a chance to win a Fiesta Pack courtesy of Salsaritas, uh, you want to do what? JCMorgan.com? You want to do that, JC? Or go ahead oh, on inside the gamecocks. Inside at the gamecocks at gmail.com. Oh, okay, fair enough. JC and Morgan too in the mailbag. We'll, we'll you, take you, all you, your. We'll, we'll take all yeah, that. Go, go, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Either go either to JCMorgan.com and hit the mailbag, or go to yeah, inside the gamecocks at gmail. Actually, we prefer you to go to the the JCMorgan.com, obviously. Okay, JC we're out, we're out voting Phil two three two two to one two to one. We're taking. Uh, there's a mailbag tab there, and again the five games because it won't it won't necessarily be on the site. Uh, FSU minus two and a half against Clemson, A and M minus seven and a half, and their game against Auburn, Bama minus seven against Ole Miss, Ohio State minus three against Notre Dame. Longest run from scrimmage for Carolina, uh, sixteen and a half over under there, and then for a tiebreaker in case we have multiple winners. Uh, again, our winner last week went four and one, so you don't have to get all five to win this prize package. Let's go with total passing yards for Will Rogers, the oh. state quarterback. Total passing yards for Will Rogers. I'm gonna say one thirty-eight. Oh, oh, that's a tiebreaker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So you think he's going to be completely bottled up? Nice. Man, South Carolina is a good second. I mean, they, really, they have good sec, good defensive backfield. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Mississippi State, obviously their game plan is going to be to try to force the run. And I think they're going to be really ground heavy. And then I, I don't know how much Will Rogers is going to play because uh, from a Gamecocks perspective, maybe I'm just being paranoid about it. I'm worried that Mike, the Mike Wright guy, you know, Vandy came to town a few years back, Beamer's first year, and threw a curveball and started Mike Wright. And Vanderbilt almost won the game because this kid, what he could do with his legs. So, yeah, I, I think I think we'll see more than one quarterback from Mississippi State on, on um, whatever on Saturday night. Whatever. <laughs> I just said what on whatever on whatever. So. Anyway, well, cool. Do we have another commercial break to get to. Final break, Phil. All right, final break here, and we'll go a little bit over there. Yeah, we're we'll, we'll probably gonna go about five, six minutes over today, so we can just wrap this. Put a nice bow on today's show, folks. Let's put a nice, pretty bow on it. Okay, we'll be back after these messages inside the Game Show. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game pops. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium ready to explode just as they do each time. Their fighting game are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Welcome back to Inside the Game. So wrapping up here today, 
Give me a key, JC. What are you What are you looking for in the game Saturday? Well, what What, what does South, Carolina have they to need, do? They got to stop the run, um, and they, they need to find. Uh, there, there's a There's a like a micro and a macro key. The, the The macro key is if this team is going to be what it can be this year, they need to find some more answers. Like last week, uh, TJ Sanders on the D line, they found an answer. There, mm-hmm. dude played great uh, on the offensive line. Tree Babalade, who who did legally change his name to Tree, by the way. This is, this is the first Tree since Tree Rollins. I thought Clemson. you were going to say he legally changed it to Babalade. I was like, that's a bold move. Uh, <laughs> I, I love saying that. That is a a great name, Babalade. Howard Stern Babalade. Yeah, so Tree Babalade. Uh, <laughs> so definitely uh, an answer there. Will they find an answer at running back this week? I mean, will that be something they find? Will they find a, a, a linebacker that has a great game? Debo is just play good. So, so the answers of the macro. The micro is stop the damn run. <laughs> That's it. Because I think if they bottle up marks and don't let Mississippi State hold the ball, MSU is vulnerable enough in the secondary to where Rattler can really – and the receivers can really, really make it a long night for them. So that that's the thing. You, you just you don't want to do what uh, Florida did. You don't want them to do to you what Florida did Tennessee last week. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you, you don't want to be on the receiving end of just getting gashed, ground and pound. Uh, you, there shouldn't be a discernible difference on the line. In other words, Mississippi State shouldn't be able to just impose its will on Carolina's front. I don't anticipate that. So I would imagine there's going to be some a flurry of third down conversions that either Will Rogers and company are going to convert or they're not. But I, I don't think this is, this is not Georgia folks. I mean, this is Georgia's got a ridiculously talented, talented offensive line. They've got an NFL running back. They've got receivers that can be a problem. They got the best tight end in college football. Mississippi state doesn't have any of that. Not to that level. Not to that level. So they shouldn't be able to go into williams Price Stadium and rattle off like 30 points. That that should not be in any scenario in this game. Not at night either. I mean, in South Carolina, the, since they put in the LED lights and everything, and I don't think you've been over there since then, Mike. It's like a rock concert. Yeah. Um, yeah it's I, I, I know, I mean, it really is. It's nuts. They actually did a – South of they are with a lot of things. They were sort of late to the LED game. Yeah. But man, whoever did it did a great job because it's 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 a it's a blast. It's a the, blast. Fir- the first stadium in the SEC that I was in that did that was Alabama baseball of all things. Because um, <laughs> they're because they were one of the newest parks. Well, and they, they park, the... park is okay, but the lighting is unbelievable. That you know, guy hits a got... home run and it's. Ugh. It's, you know, program's it's got a party. little program's got a little Vegas in it. We found out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later on, we found that out, right? Well, yeah. that's anyway, story. yeah, that's uh, that's something else. Well, it's yeah, been dude, fun. Go ahead. I just I just wanted to thank real quick Brian Spencer again of uh, Palmetto Medicare, Palmetto Medicare dot com for all your Medicare needs for you, your family, a loved one. Uh, go ahead and give him a phone call. He will. Either save you money or make you money, depending on what, how you look at it, not to mention make sure that you've got the proper coverage. could be one of the most important phone calls for you 
uh, and or your family. 803-960-9484. As we always like to kid, Brian doesn't do many things in life well, but he dominates this space in the state of South Carolina and has done so since 2005. Palmetto-Medicare.com. Yeah, it's about that time of year, too, isn't it? Insurance yeah, uh, you know, Phil, you know, that's exactly that's, right. Yeah, October is a big month when it comes to that. We'll help people out with that. I, I'm learning all this myself. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I'm still a few years oh, away from Medicare. Yeah, thankfully, I may I may get married before the end of the year and not have to pay yeah. Obamacare anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you are getting I, married. I, so, I, I hope so. You tell me. <laughs> you give me a call, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be the wedding planner on this one. I'm trying to make this happen. What is going to take to put you into a marriage? You play uh, uh, September? Yeah, it's going to be fun, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I got that because I got the renewal thing, and and I was like, I read it, and I was like, wait a minute, we made this. I was like, well, good, y'all kiss my ass. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to fill this out this year because. Uh, she works for Blue Cross Blue Shield, so my my age is going to get like, like literally, I'm going to save four thousand dollars a year by getting married, <laughs> just for just on insurance. Good for you, man. I know I didn't save that much when I got married. I got to talk to my wife. <laughs> it might have cost me an extra four thousand dollars a year. That's a whole other story. <laughs> and everybody, we if you're listening, I love you. It's worth it. Every penny, every penny. We we kid here. We kid here. It's, it's, JC brings JC is a national treasure. He brings out the uh, the off kilter comedy out of me as well. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, JC. Right. Here's your challenge with the guys whistling in the background, the most awkward outro music of any talk show on the planet. But I, I'm, I'm here for it. How do you get us out? How do you land the plane smoothly as we All approach right. one of six Eastern time? All right. Yeah, I forgot. I actually forgot there. I was waiting for you guys to close us out. I, I, th- Boy, I thought a, you were running point. You you want me to? I'm not landing. I, I, I can do. I can do. I'm landing the plane. Click the button. I'm like I'm like I, we're gonna play the Notre, the, the Notre Dame fight song. Uh, like I'm gonna blow up and play. The, we're gonna play the Notre Dame fight song like airplane. No 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 no. Anyway, for Mike Morgan, Phil Bolinax, for Jamie Bradford, uh, thoughts and prayers with him on a really rough day. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you for all of you in the Nana Sports chat box. Uh, and also, don't forget to download the Cheap Sports app uh, to listen to this all the time. And also, a lot of fun things yet to come and fun things that um, are there right now. So, be sure to do that. Uh, they captured the bear that was running around the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. So, those of you oh. concerned about that could freaking sleep uh, well. If you're the Polynesian chilling, uh, that bear's not going to come uh, snatch your grilled chicken and pineapple out there at the luau so that's good uh wanted to add that note before we get out of here tomorrow we'll have picks uh also michael flint hopefully um and it'll be me and phil again tomorrow we're gonna give jamie the rest of the week off uh and all that so for phil mullinax my morgan jc it's been inside the gamecocks the show rock on and have a wonderful thursday